0: What up, though? This is you, Seth Bunchy, Shakur, here at the Mama Cool Community House in partnership with Detroit is Different. We're looking forward to bringing you 2022 State of Black Detroit, the Half versus the Half nots the black middle class versus the black lower class. Is that such a thing? Is that a problem? Is, are we in an in internal war with each other? Are we progressing? Have we digressed? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves. And that's what we plan to doing with this conversation as we get prepared for State of Black Detroit 2022, brought to you by Detroit is Different at the Mama Core cool Community House, featuring myself, Yusef Bunchy Shakur.
1: Welcome back to the Detroit is different podcast studios. And I'm here with a couple of uh, definitely people that are very familiar with legacy Detroit, because that's what we call it. The legacy Detroit are the people that got the roots here And uh, one actually got roots to my community for real. So uh, that's definitely deep Two friends of Detroit is different. We did a good discussion around Juneteenth. We talked diversity, equity, inclusion, but in a lot of ways, those are just like some fancy terms. For basically getting the justice balance that we need as people that are legacy Detroiters, black folks, people in America. Youssef Shakur and Dr. Carl Taylor, how you doing today? I'm good, Blood. Good how about yourself? Oh, man, everything is everything, man. So, uh, As we get into this discussion, we're previewing what the state of black Detroit will be. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that whole thing we did last year was the starting, like I say, I'm decade thinking now, you know, we getting some roots in with what we're doing with that. The reason this discussion is so important is because (coughs) there are so many other actors impacting what's happening in Detroit that aren't like us, you know, the black folks that really make and shape Detroit. Right, you know, Dr. Taylor not only has the academic background and the historic perspective, he has a real life perspective connections to people that have been here for years, so him f- helping frame what discussions like this come with hit on multiple levels. so let's start off with Dr. Taylor. so when we think about the state of Black Detroit right now today. <sighs> haves, have-nots. Hmm. What's the separation as far as just not the the what it is, but more so what we thinking between haves and have-nots in a city like Detroit right now for black folks?
2: Tough question. Really tough question. Because things have deteriorated in some areas, in particular in formal education, hmm. but they also have become very... Um, challenging in terms of socialization so i'm just sitting here with brother Youssef and laughing we're talking about i came up because i know your family yes just found out yeah. so i came up in the area over here that street lights came on mm-hmm. and folks when we're in the summer we knew what you know your if my mother had to holler al because he just i'm right here He meant, I'm right here across the street, and because of the streetlights, unless you were right under the streetlights, we couldn't see Mm him. and so he said, I'm coming. He knew that, but some other folks was, we knew that was a clarion car. So Yusef and I are laughing, because now I'm very disturbed, there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. There's no, kids are out, young people are out, a lot of them coming and going at any time. We had a social order, and the same thing with education. Many of the parents in those days talking about the have nots demanded that their children have an excellent education mm-hmm. that they were providing at the public schools. So they're very quick to look to the teacher and the administration and the PTA and all that was exist. Those are formal structures that today have, in my humble opinion, have changed immensely Let me give you a good example um, teachers and educators in those days were like, all black professionals Mm -hmm. were like unspoken of. They were like gods and goddesses. And so you, if you went to school, we would laugh when we were in class and I looked out there and I saw Carrie's mom there and I'd look at you and laugh and you dropped your head because you knew that that moment the teacher went there, stepped outside, said a few words to your mother and if your mother looked at you The whole class felt that look. Mm. And if the teacher said, come out here, and you didn't have nothing to say. It was all the teacher, and and it was nodding. Well, I go fast forward. About four years ago, I had a mother, and I'm supposed to meet them at this high school, and nothing, and suddenly she answers her cell phone, and she's breathing, I said, what's going on? She said, we chasing this B word. Mm. We chasing the the B was the principal. And we beating her down, and I'm like, what are you doing? See, so that was that that was unheard of. Have nots or haves, there were certain rules you had to follow, they, they were universal at that time. Now, it seems in a lot of
1: places, there are no rules. So, you on that, there are no rules. Um, picking up with that concept, why do you feel people may not embrace rules or have like a standard or structure for themselves and how we're gonna? Um, engage one another because that's really what it comes to. We, we care about how we're engaging one another. Right. So, in the,
0: in the framework that Carl laid out, he had to talk about what he normally probably would is the third city, right? Absolutely. And, Thank you. <laughs> and then when I just talked to him recently, and, and his aha is like, I was born in the third city. Mm-hmm. So, real quick, can you define what the third city is?
2: Well, the third city is. Um the part of communities that are self-sufficient and not dependent on the mainstream society. And the reason they had to do that was because mainstream society or the dominant culture did not allow us in. Mm. Segregation, our schools, our commerce, everything was in these neighborhoods. So they still existed. They still had rules. And they ran quite efficiently. Um, They have problems, but nobody ever talks about that. They lump everything into all of us together and the segregation that you live here and you had to live by these standards and not true. So it's a different socioeconomics than the dominant culture. And it's the rules that the third city makes up. And that's the only way they exist, because without them, then you're being. Um, Focused on, like I always talk about in the third city, in July the 23rd, 1967, was the insurrection. Mm -hmm. So they treated us very differently. That was the third city. They hammered us, they oppressed us, they killed us. And then you go fast forward Mm -hmm. to January 6th, 2021, and they did worse than what we did in our insurrection, but they make excuses, they slapped them on the wrist, give them six months, and they killed us. We don't even know how many they really count. They have an official count, right. but they don't really tell the truth. You have the Algiers Motel. So that's what it is. It's a different set of rules and existence. And so with that framework and that context, to so your question of what happened to the rules,
0: it's looking at the deterioration of black life, black bodies mentally, physically, and spiritually, where when you think about segregated black communities, there was no such thing as half, half not. Mm-hmm. even though there was some differences, but we all lived in the same community. We was all forced pretty much socioeconomically to work together. And, but more importantly to Carl's point, we understood who our enemy was. And I mean, by that, cause the enemy knew who we was. We, we all was discriminated against equally. We all were treated a certain way. And so as a result, we had to figure out how to work together. You no, know, again, that's what created black bottom mm-hmm. um, and black wall street, all these, these, uh, primarily black communities. And despite whatever depression was. And it wasn't until like folks, and I'm not, and I think there's a deep conversation that we have to have deeply within our community. You know I'm talking about, black folks. Mm-hmm. Those who have, like I'm working on my PhD right now, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, those who of us try to want to make it out of the neighborhood or whatever, we say that you're trying to be white. It's not, that's not the case for everyone. Yeah, Or you're trying to better yourself, you're trying to be white. That's not the case, but because we're not broke, um, things down and examine it. So, what does that mean for a black person? A w. E. Du Bois, a B- a Booker T. Washington, Ella Baker to be black, Malcolm X, and you know Carl Taylor, um, and and we all don't have to live in the same neighborhood. But it, it comes down to interest, though. What interests are we trying to serve? At some when Carl era, and you know, how he grew up, they were serving the the interests of black people. Mm-hmm. When you and I come up, it was still the interest of certain black people, but it became questionable. Folks started jumping off the train. I can make money this way. I can do this. So our infrastructure began to be compromised because of a lot of the decisions. And so when I come up, um, you know, you grow up in a two-family household, mm-hmm. but a lot of us who come up in a single-family household, mm-hmm. which also again mm-hmm. that family structure is is compromised at its at its highest level, and the community becomes compromised. The floodgates come with the with the gangs, the drugs, like so. This and this is a, a subculture. Mm-hmm. This subculture is now is competing with the value. You know, I mean, I remember growing up, I could if I didn't say yes or no, I got smacked in the mouth. I mean, that that was just a rule. Like, yeah, you couldn't say yeah. No, that just you didn't. Your grandmother and your mother didn't. Well,
2: that's, that's funny. That's that's. A, I'm sorry, but yeah. I have to say, Al and I were talking to my brother, Virgil. We laughed another day. And the F word in our house was, yeah. <clears throat> the F word in our house was, as kids, we could not say forget you. Mm. That's how strict it was. And so when I take that as a researcher— and Yusef is right, and I go into homes and little kids are calling each other MFs and so on, so and so on. That's their norm. That's why I, I did this essay called The Normalization of Ignorance and Violence. So I had some doctoral students with me, and they're black, but they're from other cities. And so they said, Dr. Taylor, do you hear what they said? I said, Yeah, but that's part of their everyday Culture. life.
1: Right. There. And 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 when we talk about these cultures being that way, like you touched on uh we were speaking before this uh, about just that connection. Um, you and my mother both graduated from Central, but right. Central was, a, a, as people don't know, I mean, that's that's America's first public high school. Like it, it's a lot of stories that go back to Detroit in the roots and that transition from basically being an a, a, such a majority Jewish. That's
2: a Jewish community. S-
1: Community, it's school, a, yeah. like everything, even these homes, as, as yes, I'm learning, okay. like have these scrolls yes. in most of the like in the structures yes. of the yes. doorways that are yes. pray, that are Jewish prayers and Yiddish about, you know, um, the sanctity of the religious uh, buildings. Yes. The synagogues. I lived
2: on Elmhurst and 14th. And mm-hmm. right across the street there is one of the biggest synagogues in the area. Beautiful. Now it's a, a church. A, a, yeah. Baptist, a, a was it? New Beth?
1: No, it? it's. um I forget the name of that <laughs> yeah, church, j- but I, but I, right there, but, you're right. And, and and when we think about, um, as as many times I think historically, Black people end up in positions of leadership. Or at least with the titles of leadership, mm-hmm. and this system does not provide those same resources. I think central um, that being a Northwestern graduate and a president of Northwestern alumni, like the stories I hear about what was there, mm-hmm. that they were complete competing in a lot of ways with the parochial, like the c- Catholic schools, where people would say, "Okay, if you were a black half at that time, mm-hmm. you're going to go to Catholic school," mm-hmm. and, and and you know, academically, athletically, mm-hmm. like some of the stories that I hear, and then it still was a lot. Street things going on back Mm -hmm. then, too, but even the way that it was was more rules and orders to where people would, and how people would respond.
2: It's very complicated. You have uh, uh, some brothers, uh, Mark Humphreys is one, and uh, Daryl Buchanan, and both of them went to visitation and deports, and a lot of people don't know that history there. Those are Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. uh, Playing for Central, we never, we occasionally would um, scrimmage with. um, visitation but they were class i think c and at that time detroit public schools was class a mm-hmm. so we were too big and and so it was just it was a different world and so there's a but it's complicated and you have to be very careful because some folks became very bourgeois and were making money black professionals and they still had the community at heart then there are other folks that made money and had nothing at heart but themselves. So it's really complicated. You can't just say he's bougie, he's poor. It, it's a very fine mix. And that's why I'm glad to be with you guys. Like, I'm blown away this morning because I actually mm-hmm. went to school and have a history with your mother, knowing yeah. her quite well. Mm-hmm. So I see her picture, I light right up. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Because in those days, You had to treat young black women a certain way. Mm -hmm. Or talking about slap, you couldn't say something. Then you go, Yousef made a a powerful point earlier about hip hop. Then suddenly we're using the B word and what is a woman and and the sexuality and everything has changed. And at the same time, you're talking about independence, revolution, all of these things. All of this is very complicated.
0: I mean, and to Carl's point, there's a a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. And so as these moving parts... You also have the name. There's capitalism. There's racism. There's there's education. There's interest, right? And so, as a, as a as black people who who have been oppressed for more, for multiple years, right? And you're trying to, like, who who am I to tell you, like, man, you can't succeed? But what we still have not defined what success, what success is. Success is. I mean, and you know, looking at Carl and his success, and I'm pretty sure, like, he he. I've been applauded on a lot of levels, but also been criti- criticized as well, mm-hmm. right? And this is the the dynamic of, of anti no in living in an anti black world. Mm-hmm. When 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 one of us make it, we first oh that nigga he changed. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. nigga he ain't he ain't connected to the hood no more, right? And some of it may be true, but in that truth, there's con- confusion, and we've lost confusion. And also, it's a, it's, a, it's a level of hurt and pain. Yes, and that hurt and so so when I see Carl. Doing better is reflection of I can do better, but I don't know how to do better. And and,
1: and I would say uh, two things, as people always know, it's like Kari is the black capitalist. Like I, I always is it's two points I want to pick up on. As I say that this version, Piper Carter of Detroit is different. Send me a text today like this is an example of black capitalism. And she told me about like some story about uh, black farmers in America and what they face. And like I always say, this has never been capitalism. It's always been a farce. This is some gangsterism of America. It's stolen land, stolen labor, stolen loan from Britain to come over here. And then at that point, now they'll impose upon others to say, all right, look, supply meets demand for you. Things are so subsidized. Things are so given. Like if you if you look at the framework of even what my neighborhood is facing right now, like there's so many tax abatements, government assistance given in of like basically honoring uh, honoring corporations and white folks you, with me, access to resources that communities like ours actually pay tax dollars so, for. So let's unpack that,
0: right? And mm-hmm. bringing the conversation full circle, how how many black folks you think
1: have allowed for that to happen? And see, this is where I would, you know, the philosopher in me, I would say many because many as we're looking is to the conditioning of what we define to me as success so what's right. placed on us is 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 things where we're embracing inferiority complexes we're right. embracing what a a a, a white it, whether uh, you know some people are like I don't like the term white supremacy but if we're going to not use white supremacy white, but white, the hegemi- infrastructure. white hegemony that's the Yes. Word. so if if we're white hegemony if we're gonna, ex- if we're going to look at that, we have to like deconstruct so much. It's even like saying like we're leaving the hood. The reality that we're black in America, wherever you're at, it's not. If if this design, if it says that this is a great place and this is good for you, it ain't for us.
0: But so let's so let's stay there and unpack that though. So the the philosophy behind the individuals who the white hegemony structure. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to make the point about the, the the black folks, right? Do you think that they think that they're doing the best for this neighborhood?
1: I think that
0: yes, because okay. they're that condition. All right, so 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 let's again. That's the trick. Let's, that's that's a unique word, condition, right? So let's substitute the word condition for education. They've been educated, mm-hmm. right? But does that make them bad or good?
2: Educated by who?
0: That's where we get to, right? Yes. Educated by who to see what to determine what, and 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 so this goes back to what we talked
1: about earlier. Interest, yes. That in, whose interest are you trying to serve? Yeah, and and, and even to do that <clears throat> as as another another uh, thing heavy on my heart is always exercise your critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us have so much noise going on in our life, we don't even have. Mm-hmm. In us the 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 fortitude and capacity to exercise a critical thinking skill where so many things can just be put in front of us and then we're going to look because right now this is this is where we go probably for our next state of black Detroit We haves or have nots now we're going to do. (laughs) shout out to another central graduate, as uh, Wendell Anthony said, we're going to name it. You know, he's not the white mayor. He's the right mayor. Because I believe that the narrative to compare Mayor Duggan's legacy is going to start through media and propaganda, conditioning, education to say that is Duggan as good of a mayor as Coleman Young? Absolutely but like not. a lot of people won't even have absolutely the critical not. thinking skills to say uh, we know absolutely not. But a lot of people aren't even going to exercise the critical thinking skills. They're going to say he's been in an office as much. He faced a bankruptcy. He faced coming out of a rebellion. But this th- guy did this. This guy did that. But if we're not exercising our critical thinking skills, we can't even like really go point for point. And then also challenge the person even presenting some bullshit like that to us.
0: But the, what undermines our critical thinking skills is we, we're in an anti-black world. True. So, I mean, I wasn't necessarily a fan of Kwame, and that's a discussion and debate. Another, but I, right. Yes. But the, the thing I'm bringing up is when in his fall, yes. the, the word on the street was, let's get the white guy a chance Definitely. But so, and and that's another show. Another yeah, discussion. Yeah, that show
2: is who put that on the street.
0: Right. And, and, and that's another. But that's s- back to conditioning. Right. But I'm, I'm saying that's another discussion for another show. Mm-hmm. But it was easy to go back to that. Yes. You know, I call, like, we can't, we don't get the chance to fuck up. We don't get to, to, uh, and, and examine that. Like, what makes you have to go well, back? That's what
2: to... makes you crazy, though? Yeah. Is you think? And then you get into, and we cannot run past this Du Bois, speaking of exactly. the duality of consciousness. Yes.
1: yes. yes. And, you exactly.
2: know, he's saying that. And so, you know, you're fighting yourself. So I, I'm going to admit my own that I'm doing this all the time. I've been telling you, Seth, quite a bit. We've been talking quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was over here July the 23rd mm-hmm. this past year. Mm-hmm. And I was at Gracie Epistopal where I went. I was a Cub Scout there. I grew up on Hazelwood and 12th first. <laughs> and I couldn't go to the bathroom. We had a film crew going on. And one of the guys was not of our color, Yeah, sound man. And he was criticizing the neighborhood. And yeah. I'm like, you don't know nothing about this. The context. Yeah. You, you know, that, no, you can't go to a bathroom. here. These are good people. Yeah, but over here also we have a lot of people that have mental illness, yeah. uh, drug addicts, and all these things going on. And gentrification is very confusing. So you lock up. So I said I understand it. I don't like it. And that. And I told him that that day. I got into Gracie Pistol, I had to use the bathroom really bad. And they let me in and it was like Game of Thrones. I mean, it was locked down, cameras and everything, right? Yeah. After I used the bathroom, the little lady said, Well, you know, baby, you know, you understand? I said, Yeah, I do, yes, ma'am. I'm very I'm old school. And I thanked her. And then she said, I've been here fifty years. And I looked, because I'm 73 mm-hmm. I looked and I says, I was a Cub Scout here. I'm mm-hmm. seven years old. Mm. I said, you know, my then mother was Grace Miller. I started talking about all the things she's looking at me and I'm like, so there's a part of me, Carrie, that just
1: I'm in love and I want that to come back. And that ain't coming back. And and, and I would say even in the context of coming back and and having that that goal of of success, because I recognize what, what you said, some people I feel like it, the, the mental is like they will have that critique. Mm. They'll say, you know, um, you left, you ain't down no more. But in reality, their embodiment is the minute they're feeling trapped in these communities, which it's like it's like thought in reality are, are, are so interconnected. And and when I say that, I also want to bring this up coming from the rebellion in 67. You had the burgeoning of, of the federal government because of the cold war and, um, and Detroit basically being the manufacturer of so many weapons. And this is a car opinion. Basically so much government money was funding so many of these institutions that ended up being like nonprofit organizations. One of my, one of my aunts, uh, Emily Garland ran, started like Lula Bell Stewart Center. You think mm-hmm. of Focus Hope. Mm-hmm. You think of Black Family Development. Mm-hmm. You think of Inner um, City Sub Center. You think of. i on the big one. Um, shit. Yeah, they still around today. So you, yeah. you, yeah, you think a new Detroit? Yeah, that's what that's what I'm You think of all these organizations Detroit. that, at the time, the government was like, "Hey, let's pacify." I think that kind of happened a couple years ago with uh, during COVID. Let's, let's pacify uh, this this community by throwing in money. So then now you create a, a sector of halves that are in the so, community so, so that profit from basically people having not. So
0: let's 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 hold that for a minute. Like Qu- quasi, which he was here, mm-hmm. um, he talks about. So what's the old boy they got um, Nixon yeah when we talk about getting black capitalism yes also, like Nixon is doing this whole time period definitely where it also creates this new opportunity of because this is the what doesn't get discussed is undermining what the black liberation struggle mm-hmm. undermining the Black Panther Party orga- organizations the like Republic that of New Africa yeah. I mean you, you're talking about you're talking about a mentality you're talking about a wave of individuals so you know, the, the community that you grew up in I would name it as Black self-determination. Mm-hmm. It determining our community control and resources despite what's going on, right? And so what, you would, what you're what you talking about is a very sophisticated way of conditioning our communities to be dependent on individuals whose interest is no longer working for our interest. Again, it goes back to that. It's, it's clothed that way, but what we know nowadays, again, in all our endeavors, who's ever paying for, for what's going to be in design, controlling yeah. the out the you outcome gotta,
2: of it. you got to pay the cost to be the boss.
0: And we're, we're, and if we don't if we don't have control of our own resources, then ultimately what we're doing is cannot and will not ultimately be in the best interest of black people. Because
2: but you 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 have to take a time out. You have to admit that it's so complex because yes. if you are there's a difference between existing. Mm -hmm. living and exact, yes, all of that. So at a certain point, I'm saying, yeah, that's all fine. I don't care who it is running the thing as long as I
1: give mine to survive, to take care. And and, and I say that this is what's so unique. And then, I mean, these are organizations and people I look up to because like part of this is it's like, as you say, it's complex because it's a layer of conditioning. And almost like every step, even as I, you know, Detroit is different, gets grants. Like as 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 I interact and engage, I have to recognize part of if the mission is built on helping people that have not for me to have then I'm going to need people to be in have-not positions. Mm-hmm. Hence, like, the whole, quote-unquote, quote, like, the idea is, is, you know, if you talk to a police officer, crime is always going up. Because without you have crime, just, you have I have no job. You know, it's a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> so you, 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 it, it's, it's, Layers of things. And, and then you, you end up in these spaces and places. And now, like you say, instead of like being aligned with the people, we have people, you know, chasing philanthropists. You have people, you know, tap dancing. It's like, yo, I would rather go to this convening by, I don't know, I mean, <laughs> by the Disney Foundation than, than be in my neighborhood when the brothers and sisters are just connecting and I can drop some knowledge, drop but, some gems on
0: them. But again, it's a sophisticated Process of this is the new leadership. Mm. and before, like, I love when I hear you talk. Right, and you talk about your mother. That was a that was a form of leadership. Right. She did. She wasn't wait, waiting on the Skillman Foundation to pay her to go help those girls. Right. She wasn't waiting on the Kellogg Foundation right. to give give her a bunch of hula hoops that she had to jump through. It was in her heart. Right. So again, you know, when we, So when we think about the best education that any black person got in America was from that black teacher mm-hmm. who just loved to teach, right. who overstood. The challenge that that you face, I'm gonna. I, I my books ain't good, my classroom ain't good, but she damn sure teaches good, That's right? And yeah. and and that's what produced a Carl Taylor, right? That's what produced a Card, that's what produced a Usain Bunch right. of Shakur in in his own way, and, and really solidifying this. My point is, we have three brothers here, right? Who represent different 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 legacies of Detroit. Yeah. And what's what but what's central amongst all of it, particular, like when I when you and I met.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like oh you from, you from Northwestern or you grew up in Northwest like there there was some commonalities amongst us despite like we we're ten years apart when you and I met you know there's twenty four years but there's a commonality we grew up a mile apart where where we could see um the 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 common interest right and being and and same here and being able to share our resources do we all agree fuck no mm-hmm. uh, when you're wrong I can tell you when I'm wrong you tell me vice versa but however. We share the same passion, the same love for the, mm-hmm. for Black Detroit, because that same Black Detroit shaped us. Mm-hmm. But it's all within that complexity. Like my family, and I didn't understand the half and the half knots until when I was in the youth uh, Maxi training school. My grandma, my grandmother dies. I'm a, I'm on the um, verge of getting out. My caseworker realizes my family, my mother's brothers and sisters, they all you know very live very extreme lives and whatnot. And they have a conversation until and, and say, uh, "We don't think he should go back and live with his mother in that neighborhood because we don't think that's a safe place for him." Mm-hmm. My cousin's worker comes back and tells me that. I'm like, "What do you mean? I'm going home with my mom. That's all. That's all I know." Mm-hmm. But it, it it taught me then the difference in the dynamics within the fa- family structure, because all my uncles they they worked in fa- a factory, had factory jobs. My auntie husband, she meant well. Mm-hmm. However, not having a conversation with my mother about how, how do we we build That's up. It's so powerful.
2: Yeah. That it's so powerful. And yet at the same time, um you make a lot of mistakes on both ends because who makes the final decision? Yeah. And so automatically many will say, Your mother should make the decision. It's her child and you and so forth. Then there's others who can say,
1: uh, I loved it on the wire when um, there was a part where, um, where the young brother that was in middle school and his brother and his father was locked up yeah. and then they take the middle school brother and it's like, uh, and they even ask, Weebae was his dad. Yeah, Weebae was yeah. like, Yo, we, yeah. my son, he was like, you know, and the mother definitely it, it more in street life and sees that the son is not really in that mix. You know, the son and the father have like, you know, that those are those scenes where words are spoken that aren't spoken. Well, he wasn't built for that. That, that was the whole exactly. thing. You know, he wasn't built. Yeah.
2: My point is very strong in that we have to be very careful. It's each individual happening. Yeah. So I look at him when I met him, and so... I'm that guy that's been programmed a different way. Yeah. I didn't see, as a matter of fact, I was telling I don't think I'd have liked him when I was 13. and, and he, I wouldn't
1: have. Because, I'd have, I'd have. I'd have lost my bike to that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> that. We're laughing. That's laughing, but that ain't
2: funny when you're 13. You say, oh, here comes that nigga, Youssef, or whatever his name was. And so I'm laughing. We're laughing, sharing something, but I'm like, I didn't realize... What was going on with him? Honestly, grew up in the neighborhood and everything, but I did not realize and appreciate until I became a researcher. Then I said, because like what you just said, I was telling last week about a guy I knew, and he was a warlord and everything. And by day, he's just a little dirty, grimy guy, and then if he's a warlord. And oh. But the reason he was having hell at home, like in the neighborhood, and he became this powerful warlord. But in the classroom, the black teachers and the white, everybody picked on him because he was poor. Yeah. And so I didn't understand. I just don't know why niggas would shake you down for the lunch money. I never thought of me. They didn't have the lunch that I had. They didn't have any lunch money. Yeah. So they got put out in the morning and their mothers might been young and teenagers and single. Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at all I did I said um, I was talking to Old Blood he was in the joint and I was like I remember you and I knew his name and he's looking he didn't remember me because the drugs and everything and I looked at him and I said I hated your ass Mm. I mean I wanted to kill you and now I have nothing but compassion and I wish I could have helped you and then I felt like oh God you didn't get any breaks so it's very complex is all I'm saying the haves and have nots we have to be very careful before we put that label on folks
0: and and the conversation of it is is to being able to, to frame it to de- deconstruct. Um H. Rod Brown once said you know, in the middle class is really is it's it's a myth. It is. And, and and it's a myth based based upon like again, you know, we live in a capitalist society, right? And capitalist society only meaning I'm talking about from an economic standpoint. And what you keep talking we referencing, uh, we all been conditioned to what? Chase the bad. Yeah. Take and and then to even go deeper, who don't, who doesn't want to have a, a brand new car, right? Who doesn't want to have a, a nice home? Who doesn't want to be able to live in a nice, nice neighborhood? Like if someone said they didn't, they lying. That's right. I, I want to, <laughs> in all my revolutionary thought process, I want to be want to move on up. Yeah, right. And but it's within what you brought up, the W. Du Bois. That, that, that's what makes that so profound. However many years later, that when he wrote that, right. <laughs> The, the the warring of two swords so, uh, souls being black and being American. When you say they don't cause this, like, yeah, it's kind of in the same thing in the Bible. Like you can't serve two masters. Yeah, and and in, and until we uh, rectify that within ourselves, because because ultimately, I would never condemn a a a mother who decides to move to Southfield or yeah. Oak Park because of the school system, right? Yeah. I simply, as a researcher, I sympathize with that situation. Yeah. And there's deeper issues that we're not getting talked to. The infrastructure of our community has broken down. People are scattered. And for, mm-hmm. for and so like the word hood. Yeah. Which identifies the third, the third hoods, right? Third city. Oh, no, so third the third, third city, hood. third hood. Okay. It's the yeah. mutation of went to a whole nother level. Yeah. And, what we hear in rap songs, what we hear in actors, I got to make it out the hood. Yeah. And and when we think about other communities, they're, they're trying to make it out, but they
1: don't lose connection. And and, and I would say it, it gets deeper. And Du Bois, uh, like when you study his life, especially like when he talked about first, you know, the concept of the talented tenth. then he talks about that dual consciousness. But then when you study, and, and this is what the NAACP don't tell you. His later years in life, mm-hmm. and his reflections, and what he wrote, and how he saw the world was so was so much more along the lines of when people say, "Okay, are you more Garvey or Booker T. Washington mm-hmm. or, uh, or Du Bois?" Like his later in life starts turning around that corner where he starts becoming Garvey. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, when you when you go into that other world, what you're what you're missing is is still not necessarily for you. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with not as much of the physical and emotional oppression, but now you're dealing with your son goes to this quote unquote good school system and they label him as, Oh, he's a problem. We got to put him on drugs. We, he, we got to put him in the, in the, in the slow class. He he's causing conflict. And then you're like, okay, what did my son do? He won't sit down. Mm -hmm. And you know, whereas like culturally it's a different understanding. Uh, I mean, and in that understanding it's other wavelengths of like things that, Create this chaos of being black in America that I believe we need some of the chaos because we need to have have a connection to our culture and how we all respond to this, because if not, when that disconnect happens and you do, quote unquote, make it out the hood, like most of the rappers say, you're. Out of place and then that causes like almost like an eternal destruction whereas when you were in the hood you felt like it was external destruction mm-hmm. it can be such a competing thing where if you're not centering yourself it's difficult and as you talk also about hip-hop it's tough because you know that's my favorite art form but i do have to be honest it justifies it it justifies so many acts of 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 trauma, violence, uh, exploitation, uh, especially how it can be interpreted because you're giving, you're giving, um, you're giving, uh, as as someone told me, like in hip hop, you're you're giving like 17, 18, 19, maybe even 25 year olds, the opportunity to project what they see as the grandiose visions of success without the grounding and centering of context of like a Dr. Taylor because that's what I always would wish. I wish like, uh, I wish... Doctors like you and Dr. Taylor could write like a context and almost give like a preface for all these rap songs to put into context what the young brothers are going through. But it's no it's no preface. It's no forward. You just it's not, it's interpreting not, yeah. this shit without knowing <clears throat> that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? When I walk in and and, and I pursue like like the Jay Z of, of what he presents on like a reasonable doubt, which I love the album, but without the right preface and context of understanding how he can exploit so much with a father that we now know struggle with struggle with heroin addiction and then still justify it and see how that like basically he says, The reason why I had to choose this life is because my father's struggle with addiction broke our family apart. So I'm going to turn around and break other families apart and almost just disconnect. It's some deeper shit to that, deeper shit to that, that a lot of people don't want to explore. Well, the
2: only thing I can say is that uh, I love this. I'm going to have to go, but uh, (laughs) that I love this. And at the same time, I'm wrestling. I can be very open. Um with you, Seth, because we were so close in, in in some ways. I'm wrestling with the very thing that Du Bois is saying, the duality of consciousness. I'm looking back on everything that I've done, everything that I've written. And there are days when I come up, Kari, when I feel like at the end, you're just a nigga. It don't mm-hmm. matter who you are, what you are, what title is, uh, Obama or whoever. Yeah. At the end of the day, in this society, in the dominant culture, you just a nigga. And that's yeah. not leaving the young cats a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me. But that's where I'm at right now. I'm yeah. really questioning things. It's good to be able to share this morning. But I'm gonna leave here. I'm afraid I'm at that point in my life, what you're speaking of, when Du Bois has said, trick it. That's yeah. what he said. Yes. And he went to Ghana. Yes. You know, and I lived in Ghana for a while. Mm-hmm. And so and I was thinking, I'm talking about Aincrume and this brilliant mind and all that, but I still think about NASA and the pigmentation, yellow versus dark skin and all that. It, it's very complicated. So I yeah. think we just had to... I don't know if I'm a good guy this morning. <laughs> I don't. I really no, don't. You because, the, you're the perfect now, guy. Because I I'm the perfect person. guy. I mean,
0: the, I mean, and that's the thing of being uh, black in America, mm-hmm. how often are we allowed to be vulnerable to each other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often are we, we're allowed to... Like in your position... Are you allowed to say I don't know? Are you allowed to say like, I, I, out of all my success, I'm wrestling is, is it? It didn't take me from not still feeling like a nigga, yeah. and that's powerful. Yeah, because because reality, we all feel that way. Yes, in some form. If if we're honest with each other, right, and if we un- open that up, this is where it removes that dynamic of the half and the half. Not because here's here's the, the flip side of it, right? No matter how successful you is or not successful. Being black in America, right. you get pissed off at a black person. It's the first thing you're going to say fuck that nigga.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> whether you're whether you successful or not successful, <laughs> that's you... the first thing you're going to fuck that nigga. I will give you guys a closing point. I want you guys to give a closing point because yesterday I, I go to the bank for a transaction in business. And there's enough money in the account. And I'm driving through the drive-thru. And it's just that classic banking while black. I'm on the phone with Suzanne. Shout out, Suzanne. And then the lady's like, give me another form of ID. I just don't need your passport card, which a passport card is an internationally right. respected ID. But it's one of those microaggressions where it's like, you see the money in the account, but it's like, no, I'm yeah, like, dude, this is, I'm like, you're doing that because I'm black. And That's then the lady was right. like, That's well, right. I'm That's black, right. so I can't That's be racist. I'm right. like, you don't even, you're not even questioning <laughs> right. this because right. I bank all the time. I got one time. for you. I
2: got one for you. <laughs> you know? I'm coming. Amen. I just want to get up. I'm in a hotel. I won't say <laughs> where I'm at. So uh, I'm dressed and I'm coming out and... And I'm gotta watch my medicine and all that. So I go into they have a open breakfast for if you stay in the hotel. Yeah. So there's a black woman there and she she catches my and she's looking right at me. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a big guy. And I walk and she says, Can I help you? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you ain't said that to it's None 30 people in there. Yeah. And <laughs> most of them are white. She's mm-hmm. so I, I said, uh yeah, I was looking for a donut. Because I got to get out here and see my fellows. Mm -hmm. And I need to have... She said, well, we don't have no donuts. She said, are you registered here? I'm like, girlfriend, you didn't ask nobody else. But I behave myself. Yeah. Because I'm intelligent and, and all these things. And I pull out my my room key and my ID and I say, and I'm I'm mad, I'm drugged. I'm like, you ain't saying, everybody, and all the other guys there are getting, can, yeah. can I get some yoga and shit? And I'm the only one. Yes. You <laughs> see what I'm saying? And so just like what you're saying, the same thing in the bank. And then I got to show five pieces of ID. Yeah. And the same thing when I was checking in yesterday, and I, and they had my credit card and all that. So a black woman who was yeah. behind the counter, she kept looking She and the white girl was just, Doing me in, mm-hmm. I gotta see another. <laughs> yeah, and so I keep telling him and, and Al and everybody, I'm like, I'm at a bad point, man. Yeah, I can go. I could have went into. Then I come up, and You ask me how I'm doing. I'm like, what the fuck you you think I'm doing this yeah. morning? It's
1: cold, the heat, and then you just looked at that heat bill. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is this is live and this is a part of the community commitment as people as all my podcasters, you know, Josh Adams, the comedian at T-Barber Piper always say, yeah, you know, it's cost so much. I mean, this is and I wonder how my neighbors do it. I mean, I'm, I like this social entrepreneurship, but man, I got for January 4th, meaning like the start of the year after Christmas and all that, I'm looking at seven hundred dollars worth of bill. You know what I'm saying. So this is what keeps it up: four hundred twenty nine dollars and three hundred fifteen dollars and sixty seven cents. You know what I'm saying. So who's the gangster? Is reality.
2: That's what I'm right. doing,
0: You know. And, oh, and I've got. And so when you describe the dynamic of Jay Z, right? Yeah. And remember what you said before: capitalism. It was white gangsterism. Yeah. And that white pathology is what is embedded in us, mm-hmm. and through through particularly through hip hop. Yeah. And I think hip hop has become. Like that modern day so-called black middle class, the same way mm. in your generation of the, the four, mm. what they offer, right? That's deep. And and through the music, because now, like, like when you grew up, you 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 saw the the, the players, right, and how they dress. Oh yeah, it's it's a different,
2: right.
0: two different lifestyles, right? The way they presented themselves, they still this was, there was still a sense of human hum, humanity to the to those individuals, even though what they was doing wasn't right. When you look at the hip hop artists, there's no soul in these guys. They're they're they are just what the media has made them. What the what, and 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 this is what's being fed to us. And so, for a young brother and even young sister, if you're if you're trying to be the next Jay Z, you're trying to be the next Spillpoint. Fifty Cent. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Excellent point. It's, it's only so many so much room for the, for you to be the next Fifty Cent, the next Jay Z. But to be the next Fifty Cent, next Jay Z, what I got to do? I talk about all the niggas I shot, right. yeah. all the bitches I fucked, and right. mm-hmm. you no, know, this is the this is part of the vicious cycle. And then when you get it, you still gonna talk about it mm-hmm. because that's what's making me my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and after what? At where disp- does it stop? Right, mm-hmm. at the expense of black people, of black bodies, of black minds. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we're trying to center this conversation because ultimately we all have shared some form of pain mm-hmm. from being black in America, yeah. and it's taking it like. Technically, I live a middle class life, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I when I li- when I when I drive from where I, where I predominantly at my neighborhood zone eight, it scars me. I I, I wrestled with that, right? Yes, yes. Because of when, where I live at now, I get mail from from politicians. I get people knocking on hey, sir. How, can I assist? you? Like mm. shit. When I was out there, we we didn't exist. Yeah. This is how, this is how creating the lopsidedness of this community. So, what we know is as, as researchers, and what I think we're all researchers, and we all know the reality if if, if you are a person who has been neglected, you begin to live a neglectful life. Mm-hmm.
1: That's deep. So, on that, yeah, it's coming up. It's heat. Thank you, brothers, both. Um, state of black detroit december 30th so it's it's moving fast um you know that's a that's a powerful day we're gonna keep growing with this concept you know it's the purpose uh behind it and 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 that foundation it'll be in person also streamed uh this this is powerful and like what dr taylor said because yeah and, and what yusuf said it we all will battle that consciousness of like damn am i still a nigga that question keeps coming i mean that was the jay-z song <laughs> still nigga you know what i'm yeah. saying so it's like this whole concept becomes so strong in all of us so as much as even i'm we gonna leave on the jay-z point as much as jay-z said i'm not black and i'm oj and he projected on the oj if you're smart enough you can hear that he's saying that song about himself Mm -hmm. that's a song about Mm jay-z i mean and i've traveled the world but he still is checking into a hotel having to show five forms of id Mm -hmm. you know probably bought out like 10 floors in the in the hotel and they still look at you like motherfucker We may arrest you unless you to help, you know, uh, Mr. Cooper dealt with that like two weeks ago where, you know, he just sitting in a hotel lobby where they like, yo, man, you gonna have to show us your purpose for being in this hotel lobby. Right. It's mean. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Peace. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit Is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.